Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to the Haggies Gaming Podcast. I'm David Terzian, here with Stanley Chen. Hello, hello. And today we're going to be doing another T-Fight Tactics talk. And uh, we are going to bypass 10.11 and kind of just jump right into the meat, which is the mid-season expansion. Um, so for a quick summary, um, we're taking a, uh, the Valkyries and the Voids are being uh, removed, along with Sona, Kassadin, and Lux. And we're getting 14 new champions. Um, and there is just a ton to dive into. So, Stan, what do you want to start with? Uh, so, first, we can start off with who's leaving. So, as David just said, Void is being removed. So, Kha'Zix, Cho'Gath, and Vel'Koz are all out. And for the Valkyrie is also being removed. So, Kai'Sa, KO, and Misfortune are all out. And additionally, they decided to remove Sona, Kassin, and Lux. So just not to spend too much time here, but I, I think they got rid of these specifically, Void and Valkyrie, because they just seem like very difficult traits to bounce around, right? Yeah, I mean, before we get into it, I just want to give a quick salute to my boy Cho'Gath. You were, you were perfect, and you will always be perfect, and you will be missed. <laughs> wow. I, I didn't realize you had such strong feelings about him. I, I salute, I salute my <laughs> lost brother. <laughs> Well, I guess I'm saluting him too. Goodbye. <laughs> um, I mean, well, first I want to give you congrats for uh, predicting the Valkyries thing it's, being removed. It's just, I feel like they just had to be like it's it's so difficult to balance around because it's a two tra- it's a two character trait that basically doubles your damage against people with less than half health. Yeah, I wonder how hasty the, the decision was to get rid of um, Void, too. Because Void just became kind of a, a meta comp. It was pretty much unused for most of the set. And it wasn't until 10.10 until the Void characters became relevant. So I wonder if that was a reaction or if because they were so unused for most of the I I personally don't think it was a reaction. Because, I mean, they buffed them even more in 10.11 which is the current live patch, and they're, they were the best composition in 10.10. So I think I think if, with the Void, it seemed like you could only make sort of like these cheese builds centered entirely around Void and nothing else in the composition. Either that or they were just useless, right? Yeah. Like, Void doesn't really interact with other compositions or synergies like that creatively. Void is pretty much just make your Void characters as strong as possible. And you don't think about anything else. I think that's that's what they took issue with. Yeah, and I think it's because uh, I feel like if the infiltrators were work like uh, they were good to use without the mech, Void would have been, been able to create a. There could have been like a brawler Void infiltrator comp or something like that, but they just didn't. Yeah, really. that's possible. I think their intent was always to have the mech be with the infiltrator, so. But Void just, I mean, the, these sorts of compositions where it's just raw damage, like it's not even like chance to, you know, attack more at once or more attack speed. It's just straight up, you're dealing like true damage. These these are the kind of, these are the hardest compositions, in my opinion, to balance around and make, uh, and have them fit the meta well. Because yeah. it's either these are going to be in the meta and they're going to be very strong or they're going to be out the meta and be relatively useless, which is what Void was for probably like the first five or six patches, right? There's yeah. like one cheese composition where you could stack your Vel'Koz, and that was it. 
And then Valk was just too powerful. Yeah, I think people just started to realize that as the set progressed, how insane Kale was. Like you you would have three Kale players in the top four or top five pretty consistently. Yeah, and I think she was just good the whole time too. So maybe they just felt like the game was getting stale with everybody going Kale. And yeah, MF, MF was good the whole the whole time. Yeah, it doesn't help that they made a five cost legendary with an AOE spell <laughs> to complement your four cost blade master who just auto attacks everyone in death. And they're both magic damage, so it's really difficult to sort of uh, itemize or build your composition against it. Because I mean, who's running two or four Mystic? You know, it's, yeah. it just feels pointless to do that in this current metagame. Kind of want to salute Cassidin too. Yeah, Cassidin was. I I think he was a crowd favorite nearing the end of the patch. He he started off pretty badly. You know, he was still rising up through the ranks, but he became way better as a set progressed. Um, yeah, just as a standalone, you can throw him into multiple comps. He was just good early too. Yeah, so just a few things to note. They got rid of Cassidin and Lux probably because well, they mentioned for Lux specifically that. They're adding more three costs, and they don't. They didn't want that elite to pool too much, which is why they also probably removed Cassidy. So that that makes sense. Lux didn't really play a role. She, I mean, she wasn't a significant character in any way. I'm kind of glad they removed her. Sucks for Cassidy. Uh, it makes sense they removed Sona because Sona is really difficult to balance against with that debuff removal that she had for her ultimate. And she was annoying. You'll not be missed, Sona. You will not be missed, indeed. <laughs> okay. Let's get into so, uh, the new stuff. Moving on to what's new. So we're going to start off with the new champions first before we go on to the ones with the new champions and the new synergy. So they're adding in Vayne, who's a three-cost cybernetic and sniper. Uh, Zed, who's a two-cost rebel and infiltrator. And Riven, who is a four-cost chrono and blade master. So just to start off with Vayne, they specifically said they added her because, or one of the reasons, so you can activate six cybernetics earlier on. And I think this is a huge buff to cybernetics for obvious reasons. You don't need to get an Echo now in order to get six cybernetics. What what do you think? Yeah, I think this was definitely needed because I think the cybernetic um, buff kind of fell off for like closing in the in the final rounds. You couldn't just win with six cybernetics like you could at the beginning anymore. So they kind of needed like a mid-game like a mid to late game buff. And so I think it, it's been really helpful to like bring the cybernetics back into the mix. Yeah, I'm actually a big fan of the cybernetic and sniper because you could there's a lot you can do with sniper as well. You could throw in a Caitlyn for, you know, two two chrono, two sniper, three cybernetics. Or you could throw in, you know, Vayne into obviously just straight up three cybernetic compositions early on. Um I'm a big fan of cybernetics just cuz it feels like you could run so many different compositions and it's not so straightforward as something maybe like Mech Infiltrator. Yeah, I've been going a lot of... Because uh, Stan and I have the, the PBE, so we got a, a little bit of experience playing with these new characters. So I've been going uh, Blademaster Chrono or even Blademaster Sniper Chrono with the with the Cybers. And it's actually it's really powerful and you can carry it into like the late, the late mid-game. Yeah, paired with the uh, the Chrono buff, actually. Chrono just got even better now. So, yeah. But I felt like before Cybernetics, you either, if you started 
you could start with them, but you had to kind of move off with them or or, or only run three. Yeah, like only run three of yeah. of like V, uh, Aurelia and uh, Lucian or something like that. Just the good ones. Yeah, I think part of the weakness of Cybernetics was Echo was such a weak legendary. I mean, they yeah. buffed him. We'll get we'll move on that a little bit, but it was also so risky to build your composition around Cybernetics because you wouldn't get your power spike until you hit the Echo. And Echo also wasn't that impactful. So it was sort of a double whammy. So moving on to Zed, who's a two-cost rebel and infiltrator. What, what do you think about him so far? I can't I can't really tell with him right now. Because I, I, I don't know what the comp is going to be for infiltrator. It seems like mech is still really good. Um, but he's definitely... A, you can go infiltrators early in this new comp because you have Zed and um, there's another new infiltrator that we'll get to, Nocturnal. But uh, Nocturne. Nocturne. But yeah, I, I agree with you that it's it's kind of weird because he's a rebel and rebels obviously don't have any other infiltrator and usually you want to stack rebels with other rebels for obvious reasons. But I could I could envision some sort of rebel infiltrator composition where you would run a Ziggs because you can get demo off of Ziggs and your mech together. And I don't know what else you would what third rebel you could throw in there as well. But speaking about Zed himself, he's actually I he's a very efficient two cost. Cause I think late game, if you get him to jump the enemy's carry, he could suck away a lot of their yeah, uh AD. So for anybody who doesn't know, Zed's uh, ultimate causes his third attack to take 40% of his current target's attack damage away. So let's say you get him to jump like a Jin, for example, you can take away 40% of his AD, which would be insane. So he still has value and utility even as a late game unit. Yeah, and I, I've people have been Zed hyper-rolling. I, I've seen it a couple times. I don't know if it's the best move everyone's just kind of experimenting right now but uh i i don't think it's good i definitely don't think zed hyper roll is good (laughs) because he doesn't really have any multipliers uh i wonder if runans works on his ultimate if he could steal three targets 80 do you know that's possible um i do not do not know about that one if If he could do that wouldn't well, because it's it's a passive on hit effect. Yeah, then, then it definitely is a possibility. We'll have to do a we'll yeah, do a we'll, observations we'll, on that. Collect some data. We'll get see. back to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely, Zed will just be used as another infiltrator thrown into a mech infiltrator composition. Um, I don't think there's anything too impressive about him. He's definitely worse than Kaisa as a unit. Yeah, that's for sure. I think this is going to be a significant blow to Mech Infiltrator not have Kaisa. We for sure should have saluted Kaisa. That's true. We should have saluted Kaisa. You're right. We should have saluted Kaisa over Cho'Gath. Let's let's be honest here. Well, Cho'Gath was my personal pick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the Mech also has the lack of demo spat now too. That is true. For Kaisa. Yeah, they they just... It feels like they nerfed mech pretty bad. But they did buff the mech but itself. They buffed it which at we'll, the same we'll time. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's fairly 
balanced out. And moving on to our third unit, uh, Riven, who is a four-cost chrono, as well as Blade Master. So what what are your thoughts about, about her? Well, you probably have some thoughts already. Yeah, she's the Kale replacement. Um, but I'm just going to say right off the bat that she's not as good as Kale. Um, but her being a Blade Master and Chrono makes um, Shen and her like just an easy no-brainer pair. Because then you only need one more Blade Master and you have Chrono. Um, so she does a lot of damage. Her ult is... Um, I don't know the numbers on it, but uh, every third strike she does a massive AoE damage attack. So she she does a lot of damage, but uh, yeah, I think she's a, she's a great character, and I think she's way more balanced than Kale. Yeah, I I pretty much have similar thoughts. She scales very well with items, in my opinion. I think she's a great unit to stack your items onto, uh, and it's nice to have an ability power carry in a Chrono Blade Master composition, because they ha- they haven't had one until now. Yeah, you wouldn't put, like, IEs and Last Whispers on her, like other Blade Masters. She's a, she's a spell damage character. Yeah, you definitely want to put, like, traditional AP items, like a Death Cap, Hextech, things like that on her. And she does very well with them, in my opinion. Yeah, and I will suggest to you that she she runs in there and, and is, like, face-to-face with everybody, so Quicksilver goes a long way on her. Because if she gets stunned and interrupted, it really holds her back. But yeah. she has really good uh, survivability because her ult gives her a shield. Yeah, she's... Uh, I mean, f- for anyone who plays League of Legends, you guys should be pretty familiar with her. She does this weird combination of her, her ult, her Q, and her shield in the game all at one time. It's 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 a, It looks really weird if you watch it, but I think she's just a good piece overall. She doesn't seem too strong, but at the same time, seems like you could build around her and utilize her very well. And like you said, Chrono and Blade Master are just two insane synergies to have. Because now you don't have to run Shen for your Chrono and Blade Master. Or you can run both of them to get mm-hmm. you know easy two Chrono, two Blade Master. But yeah, I think she's she's probably like just for overall balance in the game, I think she's she's a good replacement for, for Kale. Mm-hmm. So another question: Do you think there's a universe where you could run her in a Sork composition? I do, I do. Because I could see that, especially with like Twisted Fate, because he's Chrono Sork. I and I, I have used it, but not like a. I didn't like a full blown commit. I just had two Sorks with her, and it definitely scales her attack up very nicely. But I don't know how far you could take it. Like I don't know if it will work with with like. <laughs> Like if you went four or six sorks with her just on like the front line, <laughs> like a poppy. Yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. I could see at least a, I mean, you could for sure do a two chrono and then some other sorks just because she has chrono, mm-hmm. obviously, and I think that'd be really good. But it's we'll have to see what else you can make. So moving on to Battlecast. So for those those of you who don't know, Battlecast is a new synergy. And Tooltip says, Battlecast champions, upon dealing or taking 10 instances of damage, trigger a bonus effect based on their current health. If they're above half health, they deal 75, 150, or 225 magic damage to the nearest enemy. If they're below health, they heal for the same amounts instead. So what, what do you think about this so far? So far... I think it kind of sucks. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was trying to spin it in a way where, where I can make it sound good, but I'm... I think it just sucks. Yeah, it's not really... 
it's not really that thick, but um, we did get a lot of new characters from this class. Yes, we did. So, I mean, okay. The my issue with this is that if you're a carry and you're getting hit, you're not going to take ten instances of damage, right? So this is going to only trigger if you're dealing ten instances of damage, and that takes a quite a while for most units. Uh, I don't know. I just think this is a very underwhelming trait, especially because it's it's just a flat amount. Yeah, I think it's just hard to reach the 10 instances for a frontliner. Yeah, like how is your 2 or 3 cost going to get to 10, you know, 10 instances? And if they do, it's like 200 magic damage. We could be wrong, though. Maybe they, people will come out with some insane composition with this. I will say that this is probably good for frontline units because they'll obviously trigger this a ton of times. So... If you're building like an Urgot, for example, maybe you can get enough items to where he's just constantly triggering this. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird putting him on the... Because you could put him on the front line, but he, he is a ranged character. Yeah, you kind of don't want him there because yeah, yeah. you just want him to continuously hope. But Battlecast Spat, for example, on Shin Zhao could possibly bring back, you know, Shin 3 carry. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Shin had Battlecast Spat like a Tynes Resolve in a Bramble Vest, he could kind of just go off on his yeah, own. Yeah, that would just things. keep triggering. Um, Want to get into the characters a little bit? Yeah, sure. So they have six new total characters for this uh, trait. So the one-cost Brawler is the Lowey. Nocturne is a two-cost... You know, we'll just go through unit by unit, actually. So Lowey is a one-cost Brawler. I mean, to me, she's just a generic one-cost Brawler. Yeah, she's, she's not that sick. We're gonna we're gonna shit on this. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be shitting on this a lot. Um, Our guys, experience literally. has not been positive with running <laughs> with, with synergy. <laughs> like I rushed an early six battle casts last night, and it, I fell off after like stage three. That's how bad it was. Yeah, I played a game with somebody who did the exact same thing this morning, and he he got sixth. So <laughs> there's so definitely be the... a way to make it work though, but we just haven't seen it yet. It's it's not ever going to be six. Yeah, I would be shocked if it was ever six. This is our initial hot take that that is subject to change. Yeah, just... <laughs> it might it might be two. I can see two easily. But yeah, I think you're right about like... the six. The way it is right now, I don't think six will ever be that prominent. There's yeah, there's just no way. So Lowey's just back to what I was saying. Generic one cost brawler. I mean, she's okay. Her ult makes it so it's decent to stack items because when she ults, her armor and magic resistance both scale uh, percentage-wise. But just a generic one-cost brawler. Do you have any special thoughts about her? Mm, no. Moving on cool to... Have another another one-cost brawler, though, just for, like, early game. Just they remove... Oh, the got rid of Cho. Yeah. Yeah, but they then... nerfed... They nerfed Brawler again, actually, in the PBE. I don't think they mentioned it in their notes. They they nerfed four Brawlers by 50 more health, so now it's 600 instead of 650. I think that was necessary, though, but it makes four Brawlers not feel very significant. Yeah, Because two is already 300 health. I think they want more uh, just mixing of everything instead of going for... Four or six. Four or six of something. Is what they're aiming for. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that as well. Well, moving on to our next unit, Nocturne. 
who is a, I believe he's a one cost infiltrator. He's a one cost. Yeah. It says uh, on their notes, it says he's a two tier two, but he's right now they have him at, at one cost. So his ult is decent actually because yeah. it's a fear. It, it it causes them to not do anything, right? It yeah, just stun whoever he's hitting. It he'll stun them for just two whole seconds, and it's actually yeah, so, kind of devastating if he gets on your carry. Yeah, there's some value to that. The unit itself obviously won't be a carry unit. Um, I don't think he's going to be close to Kazakh's level of how he can just kind of yeah like take over shot. the early game for you yeah. if you two-star him early on. But he is a suitable replacement. I think he adds more utility late game for infiltrators because of his stun effect. So in some regards, he's better late game than Kha'Zix. And right away, uh, you can go like a... You can go a Iola and Nocturne and yeah. I'm going to botch names. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, David does not play League of Legends. So for those of you who don't know, the name, the name is Alawi, which is pretty close to Iola. Pretty close. <laughs> Couple syllables. <laughs> yeah, the garlic sauce lady, Aeoli. <laughs> so garlic sauce lady plus Nocturne is actually a pretty good early combination. Yeah, just because they're both okay. one cost. <laughs> okay, so next one, I'm I'm actually really excited for this next one. So next one is Kogma, who's a two cost blaster. So I think he actually has carry potential. What What do you think? Yeah, I do. Um... It's because his ult does a percentage of the health damage. It does percent, yeah, percent magic damage of max health. So it goes five percent, seven percent, nine percent. So I could, I can envision a build where a Kogma goes, for example, Runons and like a Shojin to continually proc his ult, and it may be like a Rage Blade as the last item. But I think we'll need to experiment more a bit with him. I think people will get pretty creative with Kogma compositions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. He's He's definitely got potential. And he's the only other sort of blaster carry besides Lucian until you hit the four costs. Because, you know, they've kind of retooled Graves. I mean, Graves is just an old bot, right? You don't care about his auto attack. No, and doesn't. they've changed Ezreal to where he's more utility now and less damage base. And he's always been AP. So now your kind of early carry blasters is probably going to be Kog'Maw Lucian. And I like the addition of another blaster. Because it just yeah, makes getting I, I a, like it well. a lot easier. They also got rid of um, MF. So it just makes sense that they would add another blaster. Just so there wouldn't be only four total. And next we have Cassiopeia. Or Cassiopeia, who's a three-cost mystic. I, don't, would, I, have, I have mixed thoughts about her so far. Yeah, I can't tell if she's good or not. Name. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> just, just say Cass. It's fine. Everyone will understand. I do think she has use because I think Mystics um, have a place in this. Yes, I think Mystics are definitely better in this patch. Uh, and it's nice to have a, me- a Mystic that does decent damage. Her ult also... Is great against and uh, against shield compositions. So I think there's, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what units would utilize that though, besides protectors. Well, like Riven generates a, a shield for herself. 
So that's true. Yeah, I can't. She does decent damage. She doesn't do very much, um, but it's a it's quite a bit. It just takes a while to kick in. But I think being, being a mystic helps a lot, and how she prevents the effectiveness or reduces the effectiveness of shields definitely helps. Uh, can't tell you. We'll have to play around a bit, and players would have to come up with compositions. I don't think she'll be good unless Battlecast is decent, which is why I'm tempted to say that she just won't be good. Yeah, let's just say our, our main assumption is that they're going to need to tweak Battlecast a little bit. Yeah. Then again, this we've only been playing for one day. Maybe there's some insane composition that we just don't know about yet that utilizes Battlecast extremely well. Moving on to uh, Victor. This is my personal favorite of the entire new set, actually. Yeah, I actually haven't used this guy yet. He, he pretty much ults one character, and then he selects another, the furthest character from that character, and his ult will travel like a laser beam in between the two. And it does damage to everyone in between. Yeah, so it's just like a big AoE cast. Yeah, in a in a straight line. So I I think he's pretty strong. He does quite a bit of damage just from the numbers themselves. Um, I think he'll obviously be a core if you decide to go either Sork or Battlecast late game because he is the Vel- the Velkaz replacement. Um. I don't know if he's as good as Velkaz, but it's difficult to judge just because Velkaz was so good, partially because he was Void. Yeah, because he would get that pure damage. Yeah. But Victor definitely is an insane damage dealer, and I think he'll be running a lot in any sort of compositions. Yeah, I agree. And I think you could kind of plug and play him into a lot of things to just stand alone because he does so much damage. Yeah, he just does a ton of damage, so... I think it's a good replacement, though. I also like that he's more, a little bit more consistent than Velkaz, who you know, sometimes would just have the most terrible ults, and then you just lose the fight because he missed one unit. Because <laughs> he just missed. Yeah. All right, let's go to the big boy. The big boy. Last but not least, Urgot, who I, I think is just, is just broken. I mean, he, he pulls a character in, and the unit takes 2,000 true damage until they die, which is pretty much instant death. For anyone yeah, who pulls in, they, they die fast. Yeah, they pretty much die instantly. I don't know how the targeting system works. I'm not really a fan of this type of character because if he just happens to target your carry, you just you just lose the fight on the spot, and there's not much you can really do about it because you can't itemize against him. Apparently, David was saying you can't even build a garden angel against him. Is that right? That's what it. It's that's what people have been saying. I haven't seen it with my own eyes yet, um, but I think. He does go through it. I think he just kills your character. Yeah, that's definitely a. If that's true, that's that's kind of nuts. And maybe I'm assuming up. that's gonna that's gonna be patched out. Yeah. If that is, I can't imagine that stays in. Yeah, it could just be like a bug right now, or or people are just. He also pulled in a unit I had last night, so David was flying against me. He had a got. He pulled in my carry, who had a quicksilver. But I didn't know you could be pulled in with the quicksilver. So I will have to see how that interaction works. In the future, if they're going to change it in any way, yeah, because I don't think they consider it CC. I think they consider it like his ult. So, like maybe a, a dra- uh, the, the trap claw would stop it. Maybe you might be right about that. Probably not. I I just assumed you wouldn't be able to move 
or moves another character with Quicksilver. Yeah. Seems counterintuitive, but... Or maybe the unit can still cast himself. They're just not stunned. So what's crazy about him, too, is his cast time is, is very... His mana pool is very small. Yeah, so he starts out pretty high mana, and as you level him up, the amount of mana it takes after his first ult is reduced by 10, 20, and then I think 60, which is almost an instant ult after one auto attack. Is that for a three star? Yeah, for three yeah, star, which three obviously. Star win, so. <laughs> yeah. But I think this unit is going to be an issue because he starts out with such a high mana pool that he'll just ult one unit right yeah, off the right bat. Off the bat. And I, I'm not a fan of a character where, you know, it's kind of like Phantom in the first set where you could just get really lucky and then the correct unit would be Phantom and then you would win the fight. I'm not a fan of those sort of mechanics. He's like a blitz on steroids. Kind, kind of. I don't, I don't think it's really comparable because blitz doesn't kill a unit. You, know, you can counterplay against a blitz. You literally can't counterplay against an Urgot. Yeah. Because it's random. You can't position and it kills it kills you almost instantly every single time and he's a protector yeah protector seems like an odd trait for him doesn't it yeah but like what if they made him a brawler it would be stupid if they made him a vanguard it would yeah be stupid. i'm trying to like, think what, what they could have made him, him that wouldn't make him protector's the only thing that wouldn't make him broken i feel like yeah i suppose that's true cuz i mean you could never make him any other class, he just doesn't fit. He barely fits protector though. Yeah, <laughs> he does nothing defensive. He just pulls someone in and they die. <laughs> I guess they could have made him like a standalone <laughs> class. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see what they do about him. I don't think he'll go he'll go live with how he is currently. But who knows? They they've done crazier things. Uh moving on to the next origin. I think it's an origin. Jordy Astros. So if you get three of them, reduce your Astro Champs mana costs by 30. So I actually love this trait. Um, they have four new total units. Let's start with the first one, who is Nautilus, a two-cost Vanguard. What do you think about him so far? I think he's actually really powerful because his ult, he can cast it really quickly and it just throws the enemy front line in the air and stuns them. Yeah, he's, I think he's, he's going to be great anti-melee carries just because his ult stuns everyone around him and it's relatively low in mana especially if you get three astros he could he could just kind of keep chaining them yeah but i'm i'm happy with this addition i think uh two cost vanguards were kind of lacking i mean mordekaiser was mordekaiser is kind of a weird unit where he's either really strong or really weak i think nautilus is just a purely defensive unit with that stun uh yeah, I'm just happy with that unit. Yeah, it's a pretty good balanced unit. So next unit is my second favorite unit character of the whole set. <laughs> Bard. It's a three-cost mystic. So when he ults, he creates meeps on your bench, which could be sold for experience. And he also gains an additional 30 mana per auto-attack. So he auto-attacks three times, and he creates an ult, which can be sold off your bench for one experience. I, I love I absolutely love Azuda. What do you what do you think? I think you should tell your story. <laughs> so I got an early bard on maybe like in stage two one in Nicoverse, and I made a bard two on stage two one. And I got level nine with fifty gold by like early stage four. It was the most insane thing I've ever done. 
I was so proud of myself. <laughs> it was all due to Bard. He was giving me actually about eight experience per round just by himself. Yeah, I think it was actually a, a pretty good move by you. Just, just out of nowhere. Just inventing <laughs> that. <laughs> I think it's viable in Nikoverse in that specific situation, but maybe no other situations. Yeah, because you got him from the, the creep orb, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's a pretty... Uh, there's no other ult like that. So I, I do like that it kind of brought like a, a change. He, is, yeah, he you're... doesn't help your team at all other than getting... Yeah, he doesn't. He, he just auto-attacks for you. But he's... If you're kind of losing anyways, and your your comp is built around a seven, a level 7 or level 8 composition, I could see some scenarios in which you would pick him up. But he's more of a troll pickup than anything. Yeah. He's, he's definitely somewhat of a meme, but if you do it right, he's, it definitely will benefit you just getting, being able to either save gold with the leveling or just completely expediting the, the leveling process. Yeah, I mean, he gives you equivalent of like four to eight gold, depending on how many meeps he gets off per round. Which if you think about it in that way, it's kind of insane. But yeah, this unit will obviously have no place in any sort of late game compositions just because he does nothing. Yeah, you use him for you in an actual fight. You use him to get up and you get rid of him. Yep, pretty much. Just throw him to the curb. So I think you would want if you went like a like a four vanguard, one sniper bard. That's cool. what I did. That's what I did. That's <laughs> just any unit yeah. that will take that will takes a long time to die just so the round keeps going and going. That's pretty much what I except I ran Brawlers instead. I just ran Brawlers and Mystic. And I will lose every round by maybe one or two units, but I would get like eight experience and I was fine with it. Yeah. And I did that for about ten rounds straight. It was beautiful. Surely beautiful. Moving on to Nar, four cost brawler. So return of a set one unit. I think Nar is insane. I love this unit. I think he's a really cool unit when he does ult because he transforms. Yeah, Nar, or, Nar's always cracked me up. I, I I love the funny noises he makes. Or she yeah, he does make really, really weird grunts. Now that I never thought about it until now. But Nar's a cool unit for sure. Yeah. Um, he's a Cholgaf replacement. I think he's a pretty adequate replacement. There's a little bit less AoE, but he has more in-fight uh, capabilities, which I'm a fan of. Yeah, he seems to be a little more squishy than Cho, but offensively is... Well, he's better. squishy if he doesn't ult, I think. Which makes sense. Like yeah. if, if you can get him to ult, which is an entire goal with Nard, then I think he's a little bit better. But it's getting him to that stage is just a lot worse. Yeah, and he's pretty much set, set one Nar. Just no longer a shapeshifter buff with it. Yeah, he's yeah, he's pretty much the same thing. But so I think you... he's gonna be really strong, especially with the Astros um Astros buff. But it is kinda hard to fit him into with other Astros just because you don't want to run Brawler Vanguard a lot of time, right? Yeah. No. So you'd have to either run you Bard. Timo, you're you're gonna have to come up with some pretty creative compositions in order to utilize that three Astros buff. I mean, for the front line, you can go, you can just go two Vanguard, two Brawler, and then you, that's that's okay. Yeah, you you could uh, do that as well. So I mean, it doesn't really 
screw you over that much. But uh, what, what item composition do you think works well on Gnar? Do you go defensive or offensive? I think you go defensive because he gets a lot of his offense once he transforms. He does a ton of damage. He does more damage, I think. I think you just want him to get to the point of him transforming. Yeah. Um, I would imagine Frozen Heart is probably pretty good on him. Bramble Vest is probably going to be pretty good on him, depending on how many people build IE. Maybe Dragon Claw, if uh, magic damage becomes more prevalent. Which it, it will, which we'll get into soon. Yeah, but I, I think he you would build him pretty much like any other four-cost tanks, right? Like maybe I, Ionic, I could see being amazing for his ult. And he just stays there a really long time. Yeah, I agree. Defensive is the way to go. I did put a Hands of Justice on him in another game. And that was pretty good. Yeah, I feel like it's really I would go defensive not that before. good. I would go defensive before doing that again. That was just, I had that there and didn't know who else to give it to. Yeah, because if you make Hand of Justice and you get the 50 health proc, that feels pretty bad. Yeah. I guess it's okay just for the dodge chance. Moving on to the last Astro, Teemo's four-cost sniper. I I can't tell if Teemo will be good or not. I mean, he he's unique for the snipers in the sense that all his damage is pretty much in his ult. He doesn't really auto-attack for damage. Yeah, and his ult is, is pretty effective at uh, like slowing the team. Yeah, it does a lot if you can actually get it off, but it's you have to hope it he ults the right targets at the same time. I think uh, you can go... Cause the first time I played, I went for snipers, and it seemed pretty pretty good. So I, I think he's he's good with like a, snop, a sniper comp for sure. Yeah, do you know how snipers interacts with his ult, though? Like, if he throws them further to do more damage, or does it always do the same amount? Because my, my issue with this, it's hard to utilize the sniper buff with his auto attacks. Because his autos do very little damage. Well, I think you just, I think you want his ult just more for the effect than anything, right? Yeah, but it feels like a waste of the sniper buff. Is, is all I'm saying. Unless it interacts with his ult somehow in some way that I don't know about. Yeah, I think we just need a little more experimentation with Timu. I haven't actually gone an Astro full Astro comp. I use I use each one of them individually all the time, but I've I haven't gone three Astros yet. I mean, I think, I think it would be the best for for Nar that buff is because the comp reduces the mana cost, so he'd be able to just transform really quickly. Yeah, but he can only ult once in a fight is a thing. Teemo, I think, actually utilizes it even better. Yeah, by because if you build like a Runon and a Shojin, he just keep throwing out mushrooms, which would actually do quite a bit of damage. Yeah, so he's definitely a viable sniper. He's he's definitely good. Yeah, you kind of have to build around him, though. I don't think you would just throw him in traditional compositions because you would rather just have a Jin, right? I guess he, he well, could replace... if you're replace... going snipers, you have to. Jin's always going to be your carry if you're going snipers. I think Vayne sniper is actually viable to carry now. Yes, and... Yes, I'm not sure I agree with that. I, I just I don't know if she does enough damage late game but i guess i think I it's no sniper really does actually i think a lot of it has to do with she she drops aggro when she ults 
Sylvain, for those of you who don't know, she becomes invisible after her third attack. So she has a natural defense against infiltrators because she just goes invisible. Yeah, it's actually pretty nuts. Yeah, my first game I ran uh, like a vein carry. It just seemed pretty good. I fell off late game, but I, I would assume you would have to three star her for her to be a carry. All right, and finally we have Janna, who is a star guardian and also gets her own class called Paragon, which makes all the basic attacks of all your units magic damage, which is pretty, pretty insane. What do you think about that? Yeah, and she also makes Star Guardian attacks true damage, which is just a, also just really insane. I think Janna is going to be this, the best unit of this set. I think she's going to be thrown into a lot of compositions, my hot take so far. Because just converting all your attacks to magic damage just completely nullifies vanguards, and I think it's going to make Mystics a lot better as well. Yeah. As we were saying earlier, that we thought Mystics were going to be important in this uh, this expansion, mostly because of a character like this. Yeah, just making your entire team's all their auto attacks magic damage will definitely have significant impacts on... Uh, What's crazy on late game is, compositions. Like, if you know... Like, you know, in the late game, you kind of have an idea of who's going to be next. So you can literally just have a Janna on your bench. Swap her in against somebody who has, like, a... A meaty Vanguard frontline, something like that. And then swap her back out if you know you're going to play a guy with Mystics, so... Yeah, this, this is going to introduce a lot of late game variations. I, there's going to be a lot more mind gaming, too. I could see scenario, scenarios where someone, for example puts in Mystic to counter the Janna and then you just end up not playing the Janna and playing something else instead. Mm -hmm. But Janna is definitely going to be very strong. Her ultimate is also insane. So her ultimate is she basically sends out her Q from League of Legends, tornadoes in every direction and it knocks up enemies and gives your allies attack speed. Yeah, so on top of it standalone, she's she's just good. Yeah, she's just a good unit to have. Um, she might actually make Star Guardians viable, yeah. just because of her alone. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I think they they actually needed to do this for Star Guardian because Star Guardian was kind of it became unplayable. Yeah, you need way too many tiers yeah. in order to play Star Guardian, and she she gives damage to your weaker units because she makes her auto attacks true damage, which adds quite a bit of value in the late game. So I'm I'm ha really happy with this unit. I think it's an interesting unit. And uh, we'll have to see how people utilize her. But I imagine a lot of compositions will use her. Especially sniper composition Or any attack damage compositions, basically, would use her. As a way to sort of circumvent vanguards and other armor items that people build on their front lines or back line. Yeah. So... Real quick before we wrap up, who do you think is more powerful of a unit than Janna or Yurgnaught for the new the new legendary? I think Janna is, is more powerful, but I think Urgot is more unbalanced. Broken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that might sound counterintuitive to some people, but the reason is that you could play around Janna. You, you can do very little to play around Urgot. Besides, yeah, like, zeppering him. Yeah, because he just picks a unit and it dies. At least with Janna, you kind of have to position, you know, your 
changing your composition completely. And it's a team-wide effect. It's not like he, she just picks a unit and it dies. But I think Janna is definitely the stronger pick. Or stronger unit overall. Yeah. What do you think? I actually am going to go the opposite way. Just because of that random element. I think you'll get way more consistency out of Janna. But if you just look into killing the best unit on the other team, you just win. So, I mean, it is kind of luck. But uh, it feels really bad. It's like Phantom from set one. You know, yeah, if is, you, is that unit that unit gets picked, then you just lose. <laughs> and also, if you have a Yugnot, they could just stay alive, or Yugnot, they could just stay alive. Yeah, if he gets two or three ults, it could be pretty crazy. Yeah. But from my experience, that actually doesn't happen very often. I think the issue is a lot of people put him on the front line. I back. Yeah, he should be line. in the back. And he was getting off a couple ults. But uh, also, everybody goes for him right off the bat, too. So it's kind of hard to... Uh... Yeah, everyone just picks him. Because you, you could throw in Urgot 1, and he gets rid of one unit on the enemy team. <laughs> it's just it's like, okay. But yeah, so uh, we're going to break this pod into two pods. Because uh, there's just a lot. There's a lot of meat. So we're going to get into uh, all the updates to like the trait changes with the item changes and just all the uh, the little tweaks they made to all the other champions in uh, the next pod but uh yeah you got a lot to look forward to if you're not if you don't have the the PBE um, hang in there for two weeks because uh, this game's gonna be uh, flipped upside upside down for you yeah this game's you know you guys should just download the PBE most most players should be eligible it's actually a lot of fun to have all these all these changes. I'm pretty happy with what they've done so far. Or I, I'm happy with the fact that they're trying to, you know, introduce more interesting compositions aside from just Void and Valkyrie. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned for part two coming very soon. Later.